This episode of the No Limits podcast is brought to you by Patreon. I hope that's unprofessional. <laughs> I've not done that before. But listen, before we kick off today, I just want to talk a little bit about Patreon. If you do not know what Patreon is, it is effectively a way for creatives, and I do not claim to be creative in any way, shape or form, but what I mean by creative is vloggers, bloggers, podcasters, musicians, artists, all those kind of people, people that when they start off find it difficult to earn a living from their their passion and their profession. Patreon is a platform that allows you to do that from the offset. It is a subscription-based website where you go on there and if you choose to support somebody, you can donate a set amount uh, per month to help support them in their journey to turn their passion, I guess, into a profession, which is what I'm doing. I've set up a Patreon channel. I already have, I think, 14 what are called patrons. Uh, And I thank you, all you guys that are already supporting me on this journey. If you're not, um, please, after this, have a look, check it out. I'll put the link underneath uh, the, the uh, in the show notes, as they say, to this podcast, check it out, uh, and your support would mean the world to me. So, what we're we going to talk about today? Do you know what? I do not even know what we're going to talk about today, but we will figure it out as we go. What I wanted to do today was tell you about an issue that I'm facing. In fact, I'll tell you what we might talk about. This might translate into a conversation about perspective. Right. Now, I'm aware that 99.99% of the people that listen to my podcast already know that I am a triple amputee. If you do not, and if you haven't seen the image for this podcast of me sat on my butt with some battle ropes, I am a triple amputee missing both legs above the knee and my right arm above the elbow, which comes with its own challenges. Uh, I'm not going to lie and say that everything's easy and everything's a breeze all of the time, because it isn't. But just because I like to challenge myself and I thought that life was getting a little bit too easy... I decided to go and break my freaking hand. The only hand that I have is now, as I lie here on my living room floor, with no furniture because we're we're decorating, I have a splint on my hand, immobilizing my small finger and my wedding ring finger, which means I only have my index finger, my thumb, and my middle finger to work with. Now, how did I, rather stupidly, break my hand? So, it is Friday right now. I don't know the date, um, and I can't see on my phone. But last Friday, seven days ago, I was getting up, and I was, it was about 20 to 7 in the morning. I had my prosthetics on. I was washed, brushed my teeth, rushing to get out the door so I could get to the gym for seven because I had a busy day and on the way out of my bathroom tripped I don't know what the hell I tripped over just took a little bit of a stumble on the prosthetics reached out and as I did I kind of sideways 
karate chopped the the corner or the edge of the wardrobe of my bedroom. So I think it's called the fifth metacarpal, which is if you look at your hand now, you look at your fingernail on your little finger, you run all the way down your finger to your knuckle, and then that bone, basically from your knuckle to your wrist there, that karate chopped the side of the wardrobe, which in itself hurt and caused me a little bit of discomfort. But then because I wear prosthetic legs and, you know, I guess if an able-bodied person did that, they would use their their leg muscles to decelerate from falling into the wardrobe. I can't do that uh, because my legs were in motion and I don't have a massive amount of control over my knees when I'm when I'm falling especially. I then proceeded to fall onto my hand as it was on the side of the wardrobe with my chest and crush that fifth metacarpal bone into the wardrobe, breaking it into places. Now, I knew instantly that I'd broken it because, you know, I've dealt with pain in the past like we all have, and you know straight away instinctively when something is wrong and it's not just going to pass, and I knew that straight away. And then the marble-shaped lump that came up in my hand kind of told me, Mark, you have fucked something. So that kind of laid waste to my plans to go to the gym. So we iced it immediately and I was just praying that I had just bruised it and that it would go down. But, you know, I was in a lot of pain, so I knew it was something more serious. So I made the decision uh, to go to hospital. So my wife threw me in the car with the kids before the school run. We drove to hospital. The hospital, by the way, Derryford Hospital, big shout out. Absolutely amazing. I don't care what anyone says about the NHS. You know, all the experiences that I've had when I've been to A&E or needed surgery or anything of that kind have been phenomenal. So shout out to you guys, all you lot on the front line, the nurses, the doctors, the OTs, the physios, all you guys are phenomenal. You're overworked, underpaid, and you're the ones that make that whole system work and be as effective as it is. So thank you. Uh, anyway, I got there. I, I was I was sat in the A&E department for like 10 minutes, which most people will know is unheard of. And then I got straight through. And within, within 40 minutes, I had been x-rayed. And um, I looked at the x-rays. They let me see them. And in their words, I did a very good job of breaking my hand. I didn't just do it half-assed, <laughs> which I was quite proud of. Uh, I broke it in two places. And um, yeah, that's what it was. It was broken, broken. And then we went into the the process of figuring out what the next step was. So, you know, I had to send the, the kids off to school. So Becca took them off to school and I sat in this room on my own waiting. And I don't mind admitting that it was... It was a pretty scary time. You know, in those situations, I think we all tend to think the worst. And I was immediately having thoughts of plates, pins, screws, and all sorts of metal work that was going to go in my hand, which I really, really didn't want. You know, I'm not a big fan of any of that kind of stuff. I like to try and make my body heal naturally, uh, within reason, you know, being sensible with the whole thing. But I just had horrible thoughts of having to have things 
plated and screwed and, and I really, really, really didn't want that. Uh, I, I try very hard to look after my left hand because it's the only one I've got left. And I just thought that later on in life, that's going to cause me some unwanted issues. But thankfully, uh, despite the the clean breaks, I didn't have to have surgery. I went up and I initially just got my fingers strapped together and got sent home. Uh, spent the weekend at home. And actually, to be honest, I, I was fairly okay. You know, it's still hard to put weight through it, but, you know, I took some cocodamol so I could put my legs on and I could push up to get off of a bed, off of the chair, to get in and out of a car and stuff. And kind of just got on with my life. And then I went back to the hospital two days ago to have another x-ray and to decide a course of action. And, it, you know, I'm, I'm healing remarkably well. And there, there wasn't much pain. If I'm honest, I was dealing with it well. I wasn't overdoing it with the painkillers. I'm not a big fan of that either. It's just when it got a bit unbearable, I would take them. So I wasn't in much pain or discomfort. Went back, they did another x-ray, and they decided that the best option was to splint it, which you know I was happy about because, like I said, I did not want to have any surgery. That was something I really just wanted to avoid. And so we got to work with putting the splint on you can if you check out my instagram you'll be able to see it uh, it comes complete with some very nice blue and pink strapping um and then i you know i left the hospital jumped in a taxi and then headed home and that was lucky because i was going to drive myself to the hospital because i still had quite a lot of function with my hand i could still make a fist and all that stuff but i decided i was going to get a taxi there which fortunately i did because now i can't drive and the the splint has quite dramatically reduced the kind of things that I can do. They've told me I need it for two months. I am to do zero physical activity, as in going to the gym, going on my handbike, or any of that kind of stuff. I've been told I just have to rest this, keep the finger mobilized, and let it knit back together and heal. Which, you know, I... You guys know from my social media, I like to get out, I like to do things, to be busy, to be getting out there and and just staying active. And so to be housebound for, well, potentially housebound for the next two months is a bit of a kick in the spuds for me. Now, like I said, right now I'm currently lying on my front room floor. We have no sofas because we sold them all while we're redecorating. The new ones don't arrive until August. It's May right now. Uh, we have no uh, no furniture in our in our front room until August. I am still able to work and do the work I do with RMA uh, with the Royal Marines Charity via email, but that's not easy because at the minute every time I type something, the splint keeps hitting other keys on my keyboard, so it's taking me twice as long as it would anyway just to write emails and keep my top of my work there. Fortunately, I can still do things like this. I can do my podcasting because it's all, you know, voice dictated and audio. I'm slowly figuring out how to use Siri on my phone and to dictate text messages um, and emails and stuff like that to try and ease that burden and that's that, frust- that frustration and stress. But I've had to cancel a lot of stuff that is... That is in my calendar because I, you know, I would normally do it, but 
I can't drive. Becky has a job. The kids are at school. So what I'm trying to say is effectively, temporarily, I am screwed. But, and I've just given you the backstory and that's droned on long enough. You're probably bored of hearing that already. But this is the point of this podcast. Everything happens for a reason. And I think this is the universe's way of telling me that I need to slow down. I'll I'll be honest and I'll admit that I was getting to overwhelm again and and to burn out. You know, I've just spent two weeks in the States and from the outside that might look like I've had a, a great time and a jolly and, you know, relaxed and everything. But all that stuff is still hard work. You know, and while I'm doing that, I am still working, still answering emails, still booking speaking engagements, still keeping us up on social media. So whilst it was a great trip and I had a little bit of time to unwind, you know, it, it was still work. So I'm trying to look at this as the universe's way of telling me to slow down. And I'm trying to figure out what is good in this bad situation. And I guess being able to slow down is, is the good in the bad. So it's going to give me time physically and mentally to recharge and to recalibrate, to refocus and to realign. And when I'm healed, to get back out there after it and absolutely dominate everything that I've got to go out there and do. So, you know, that's a positive in a negative. I think another positive is that, you know, I alluded to it just now, I'm figuring out how to use voice dictation to stuff and to become more efficient, which even when I'm healed as a triple amputee is all very handy stuff to know, you know, because like I said just now, I'm trying to look after my left arm the very best I can. So the less I have to use it for typing, for texting, for doing whatever, the better, the more I can use my voice to achieve things, the better. I have also um, touch base with a virtual assistant. So any things, you know, currently I'm doing interviews for work. I've just done one now. I've just got off the phone with someone who's going to be running a half marathon with his partner for the Romans charity. We have done a, a telephone interview, which is easy, but then trying to transcribe that and get that into text, into a blog for the website, for me is a headache. So I've got a virtual assistant now. She's helping me out with that, which makes my life, again, more efficient. So that is another good thing that is coming out of this situation. I'm trying, I'm not going to lie, yesterday I was frustrated. You know, I was getting around okay for the first couple of days without the splint on, but the splint has just hampered me even more. You know, it's given me less options and less things that I can do, but I'm trying to figure out how to be more efficient. So that is a good thing. I'm resting, I'm recovering, I'm figuring out how to become more efficient. I've touched base with my ghostwriter, the beautiful Rosie Dunn, and we're currently trying to figure out how she can come down here for a month in a quiet little cottage, a little one-bedroom shack around the corner from me where we can go hard on writing my new book. You know, she can get down here in a peaceful environment, hopefully come pick me up if I can figure out how to get my prosthetics on. And then we can just spend as many hours as we possibly can 
working on my next book, which I've been procrastinating on for a little while. So again, that is another positive that has come out of a negative. One one thing I'm going to do is, you know, I don't know how many of you saw it, but I was fortunate enough, my family were lucky enough, about a year and a half ago, to have Alan Titchmarsh come to our house and give us a, an overhaul on our garden and a complete garden makeover, which I'll admit I have not taken advantage of because of all the traveling and the work and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to now, in fact, after this podcast, I'm going to get a coffee and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to enjoy that garden. I'm going to leave my phone in the house and I am going to enjoy a quiet cup of coffee in this garden that my family and me are so fortunate to have and just spend some time being grateful for that. I'm reading more. I'm currently halfway through Foxy's, uh, Jason Fox's uh, autobiography, um, Battle Scars, which is sat in front of me now in the fireplace. Halfway through that, that I've been procrastinating on reading that since Christmas, since my wife bought it for me. It is a phenomenal book, by the way. If you want to hear, so check this out. If you don't know who Foxy is, Foxy, Jason Fox, is a former Royal Marine. He was in the Special Boat Service. He was a sergeant, so a leader of men. Something that I personally, and I think a lot of Royal Marines, that's something that we'd all aspire to achieve. So he is somebody that 99.99999% of the men that I work with would look up to. You know, he is a legend. He's achieved things that I personally would have loved to have achieved. He's someone that I look up to, and he's written a book, a very, very, very honest book about his struggles with mental health. And, you know, Foxy, I'll take my hat off to you, mate. To, to do that, it, you know, in this stigma-ridden world that we live in, about how people can't talk about mental health, about how it's weak, blah, 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 all that bullshit, what people put around it. To write what you've written, mate, utmost respect, man. You know, you're, you're a warrior. You know, a sergeant in the special boat service. You know, I, I, if I could have achieved even a half of that, man, I would have been blown away. What you've done is phenomenal. And, and to be so honest and to write this book is also phenomenal, man. And, and I think that, it's going to help a lot of people. So, so thank you, mate, is what I'm trying to say for doing that. And if you haven't read it, I suggest you go out and grab a copy. It's called Battle Scars by Jason Fox. Foxy, if you... Pardon me. Uh, you must have seen SAS Who Dares Wins. He's one of the directing staff on that. Go check that out as well. But yeah, go read his book if you haven't already. So I'm getting a chance to do that. I'm going to go and... Um, I'm going to send a text to Ollie in a minute, Ollie Ollerton, who's also on the programme, and try and get a copy of his book. I'm going to try and get in comms with Ant Middleton, get a copy of his book. Um, and also Mark Billingham, you know, the four instructors from the show, and get them, see if I can get some signed copies of their books and, and read their read what they've written. Because, you know, sometimes you get cabin fever when you're sat in a place like this and you don't get to leave the house often. And it's, it's motivation for me, it's inspiration uh, to read what those guys have been through and what they've achieved. So yeah, making a good out of a bad. Oh, and I also got a morale package yesterday from the guys at Contact Coffee. If you haven't heard of Contact Coffee before, go check them out. I've got a jumper, a flask, some patches, some battle bags, which are coffee bags. So it's all good. 
it's all good. We're making a good out of a bad. I've got great support. It's, it's really humbling and heartwarming to see all these people that are out there lending me their support, sending me morale through the post. So thank you guys all for that. Um, and I've gone completely off a fucking tangent here. But my whole point of this podcast was, I guess, a little bit about perspective. You know, if you think you're going for a shit time right now, imagine being a triple amputee with only two fingers that you can use right now, stuck in this house, um, surrounded by four walls. So hopefully that's that's not a look at me, look how great I am. That is a, a lesson in perspective. If you think things are shit right now, uh, they're probably not. And it's also, you know, a lesson in turning a frown upside down, making the best of a bad situation, turning a negative into a positive, and actually trying to look at the shit situation that you're in right now and figure out how you can make it a good one. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to catch up on work. I'm trying to rest and recover. I'm trying to read for motivation and inspiration. I'm trying to work on the things I've been procrastinating on, like my new book, doing more podcasts, getting on top of social media. So there is a good in every bad, is what I'm trying to say. And I'll end it there. That's 21 minutes of me warbling. Guys, please, if you haven't already, like I said, I'll put the link uh, in, the sh- in the show notes to this and any social media I do. Please go check out my Patreon page. It's going to be something I'm going to be pushing a lot on my social media now, trying to figure out a way to turn this passion into a profession and earn an income from it. I'm not ashamed to say that and try and earn a living from it. It's a goal that I set myself at the beginning of the year. And so I'm going to use this opportunity to to push that and to increase that. And to everyone who already supports me on there, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, it's really helped motivate me to take this further. And that's exactly what I plan to do. So guys, everyone listening, thank you as always for your support. I hope that these podcasts, the social media posts, the vlogs on my YouTube bring some sort of value to you. That's what they're all about. It's just about spreading the word getting the message out there and hopefully motivating and inspiring as many people as I possibly can. For now, Mark out.